When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Jason and Alexis podcast is brought to you by our friends at Sears Imported Autos, serving four generations of happy returning customers. Sears Imported Autos is just 10 minutes west of downtown on 394 in Minnetonka. More information at SearsImports.com. I need service. Like a refill on your drink? Or some more dipping sauces? No, goobers. I need service on my car. Oh, okay. But I still want a refill on my drink. Well, I'm sure the professionals at Sears Imported Autos can help with that because they literally do everything for you. Yeah, I've heard you mention that. Didn't Colin just take his car into the service department at Sears? He did, and it was amazing. And we've owned a few car brands. We've been to a few places. But the service at Sears was beyond. They gave him a free Mercedes loaner while his car was being worked on. Oh, fancy. Oh, absolutely. And obviously with COVID, safety is so important to the family at Sears. If people request, the service pros at Sears Imported Autos will pick up your car, perform the repairs, clean, disinfect, and get it back to you safe and sound. And I must say it feels so nice and it gives you that great peace of mind. I know some places make it a pain to schedule an appointment. How is it at Sears? So simple. No horrible phone trees. You can schedule an appointment right online at SearsImports.com. No wonder Sears won best of the best from Mercedes in 2018 and 2019. To me, they are fabulous. No, 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 no. No, Fibulous, every day, every year, for over 55 years, serving four generations of customers. And let's just say, very few can say that. Sears Imported Autos, 10 minutes west of downtown Minneapolis on 394. And online at SearsImports.com. You ain't sure yet. It is the 8 o'clock and final hour of Jason and Alexis in the morning. Right here on my talk, everything entertainment Everything. Because I don't make monkeys, I just trade them. <laughs> That's right, Pee Wee. I'm Jason Matheson along with Alexis Thompson, Don McLean, and Kenny. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It is Friday, June 25th, 2021. We have an exciting 8 o'clock ahead for you. We have the dirt alert coming up, and then it's the moment America's been waiting for. Kenny's forced movie review of 13 Going on 30. Where yeah. He quite literally has four pages of notes so that is coming up at 8:30 ish but right now i'm combining uh, a big story today with our friday segment down the rabbit hole where you take a lovely trip 
uh, using a Disney Fast Pass through my mind of useless <laughs> pop culture news. Uh, we're dedicating today's Down the Rabbit Hole to Conan O'Brien. <laughs> oh, that's the wrong one. Down the Rabbit Hole. Down the Rabbit Hole. Down the Rabbit Hole. Okay, we are now in my mind. Uh, please uh, keep your seatbelts on, and uh, please uh, wait for the card. Uh, p- wait for the card to stop before uh, getting out. Um, so today's dedicated to Conan because last night was Conan's uh, last show in late night. Very weird to say, uh, very odd to say. And uh, he wrapped up his show after 11 years on TBS. This, of course, followed his short stint on The Tonight Show, Damn You NBC, mm. and his uh, his long stint taking over for David Letterman on NBC's Late Night. Let's start in the present day, and then I'll get to uh, a moment in pop culture that changed the trajectory for Conan O'Brien's late night career. So last night, Conan said goodbye, and Will Ferrell, who has been Conan's uh, first and last guest on every show, roasted Conan because he once again showed up to say goodbye to yet another Conan show. Uh, (laughs) So here's Will Ferrell giving Conan uh, a hard time. Thank you, Will. You've always been such an amazing friend to my show. Yes, about that. Um, you know, I was there for your final late night show and your last Tonight Show episode, and, and now this one. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of become a tradition. I'll tell you what it is. It's f-ing exhausting. <laughs> Could I just pre-tape a, a few goodbyes, and uh, and you can just use them whenever your next several shows flame out. <laughs> Congratulations on an outstanding run on your HBO Max show. People will say six episodes isn't a lot, but you packed enough entertainment in them for eight episodes. That's great. Come in. It's, it's me, Will. And I, I just want to say we all deeply miss your late night talk show on Al Jazeera Network. Oh, my gosh. Because Conan is going to HBO Max for a weekly show. So that's what Will's referring to. So then uh, he wrapped up. Uh, he got a little bench, a little stool, and sat there, just him on the set, and did like a 12-minute goodbye monologue. And there's two pieces here that I want to play for you that I thought were, were interesting. And this first one is a thank you to... Uh, well, if you know Conan, not surprising, but to the general audience, maybe surprising. When I started to go through the possibility that I might get this job that was, I must repeat, a completely insane idea, Lisa Kudrow had more faith in me than I did, and she said, you've got to do it, you have to do it, you're like the only one that can do it. I thought she was nuts, but I wouldn't be doing this job, you wouldn't know me if it wasn't for Lisa Kudrow, so big shout out. Yeah, they were... They were... They were friends and uh, legitimate friends, not TV friends. And then it was it. Uh, Here's Conan's final words. I really loved this. And he's so right about this. I think all of us on this show really agree with him uh, with this sentiment here. uh, Here's Conan's final words on a late night talk show. My advice to anyone watching right now, and it's not easy to do. It is not easy to do. It's not easy to do. But try and do what you love with people you love. And if you can manage that, it's the definition of heaven on earth. I swear to God, it really is. So good night. Thank you very much. And that was it. And uh, he also talked about mixing stupid and smart. And that was another sentiment I really liked. He, 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 and he said, I tried. I, I thought the two could be married together. 
And and I tried to even if it was a little nugget, I tried to inject a little smart, a little smart humor into even the most ridiculous things I ever did. <laughs> and and he did. I think he's the best at that. I really do. He and Letterman are the best at just silliness. But if you peel back the silliness, there's always a layer of really intel- intelligent humor in there, really smart humor. Um, I was reading an article uh, in Entertainment, or I'm sorry, Vulture, interviewing writers from different eras of Conan. And this one writer, it's a really quick story, this one writer was uh, helping him on a remote piece where he played classic baseball, like uh, old school, like classic vintage baseball. And he went to this... um, like a recreation, this this village that recreated old school baseball. And there was one woman in the stands, and she was one of the actors that takes part in this recreation for tourists. And she and Conan like latched onto her because of her facial expressions. And he went over to her and and turned it into not planned turned it into a whole bit about her and her hating Conan, who was dressed up as an old timey uh, uh, baseball player and then her them falling in love. And he just took that opportunity because he was so smart and so well researched in the history of baseball and what the fan would be like in the stands. I think her name was Nell, and uh, and, and, and the writer said it was just a, a proof of something that looks silly on the outside, but really had a foundation of re- of research and homework, and uh, I love that. I, I love that. Uh, so, that great. as far as the rabbit hole, now that we're at the end of Conan's uh, late night career, we're going to go actually back to a moment at the beginning of his late night career, as he referenced in that clip with Lisa Kudrow, when he took over late night for David Letterman in 1993, I know it's hard to believe, but nobody knew who the hell he was. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he was very no, awkward. He had to prove himself. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Nobody knew who, and Dave, it, he was replacing David Letterman, who yeah. was one of the biggest stars on television and embroiled in a story that was making news across the country, and that was the battle for The Tonight Show. So whoever was going to replace Dave, it, it was a big deal back then. And Lauren Michaels went to bat... Uh, for Conan, who was a writer, and mm-hmm. and NBC was like, you want to replace Letterman with this kid? Right. And Lauren said, there is something about him. I trust trust my instincts. There's there's something there. And NBC went with Lauren and gave late night to Conan O'Brien, and it tanked. The first how many year, months was it? Uh, Oh, months of like uh, eight months. I think not only ratings, uh, not only a ratings disaster, but NBC w- and Conan were ripped apart by every critic in America. Yeah. It was relentless. The 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 entertainment press were relentless against Conan. I I actually because I I've always loved late night. I remember reading some of these reviews yeah. back in '93, going, "Oh God, oh God, this is not good. Mm. This is not good." All of that changed because Letterman saw what was happening and saw how Conan was being attacked. And Letterman really liked Conan. And much to the chagrin of CBS, his network, uh, David said, I'm going to go on Conan's show. Um, 
and give an endorsement. Yeah. And and AB, uh, CBS didn't want him to do it. NBC no. obviously did not want him back on the network that he had just angered mm-hmm. because Letterman was number one right now. Letterman at this point was kicking Jay Leno's ass yeah. and made this appearance on Late Night with Conan O'Brien, and it instantly gave Conan credibility and changed the ratings almost overnight. Listen to a little bit of what Dave said. You like it, though? You really like what we've I, done know, here? Does it look good? Yeah, the thing, it does look good. And the thing that I liked about it when I came in here, I was in this studio uh, since 1981. We, mm-hmm. did a, we did a morning show. You did the morning show here? Right here, I didn't exactly. Know that. And, uh, and so it, it was comforting to me to see that you guys have carved out a completely new identity for yourselves. And when I watched the show, it was funny. When I first watched the show, it was a little difficult for me because they say late night, and I'd think, hey, Keen. I'll be on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And, and then, then it would be Conan O'Brien, late night with Conan, and I'd say to myself, and this is how stupid I am, I would say to myself, oh, geez, I wish I had a show. <laughs> oh, it, was very, it was very odd. It was... <laughs> you know, I know, I know that's pathetic, but that's my life. And then as I would watch it, and the truth of it is, when I first started watching a show, it always kind of made me wince a little bit because I thought, well, I don't know, you know, it's not really me, it's not my show. Uh-huh. But the more I watched the show, I realized you guys uh, do an incredible amount of comedy mm-hmm. and, and stuff that is produced that is a very high level. And, and the volume and the quality of the stuff just knocks me out. And I, I think you've really done a great job to carve out a, a wonderful identity for yourselves. Mm-hmm. And th- there's nothing like this show anywhere on television. And, and I really, really appreciate that. I think you did a nice job. Well, thank you. Wow. And it changed everything. True. Changed everything. Really gracious of Dave to do that. To piss off all of his bosses. <laughs> he wanted him to succeed. <laughs> you know, he, did. he knew he was a great talent. And uh, yeah. that's, that's what's I great l- about him. Well, and Conan, you, I just loved Conan in the like early that. days before that because he was so weird and different and awkward and not polished. That's why I loved him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he tried different things, too, that you've never seen before. No. Yeah. Not even. And Dave did that, too, but he did different things than Dave. Yeah. Um, you know, different skits and the bear and, and just tr- and Andy wasn't your traditional uh, Ed McMahon. Andy was uh, Conan gave Andy free reign. He wasn't the traditional yeah. sidekick. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did so much to elevate and and innovate late night. So and everyone loves Conan. Everyone yeah. who works with him. You never everyone. hear anything bad about him. No, he's Have, a good dude. Yeah, he just and people want to show. Isn't that also the interview that Howard Stern wrote about and loved was his interview Conan with O'Brien. Conan. Yeah. And there's a lot of similarities between them, too. And he's yeah. king, too. I, I, I love Conan. I've always loved Conan. I think he's had the smartest monologue for years. Yeah. Um, and I'm really going to miss him. But my, I'm excited. Wait, what's he doing now? Where's he going? Unfiltered, unchained from a network. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com 
Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. TV standards, oh. cable standards, him on HBO Max. Yes, sign yeah. me up. I'm here for it. A new weekly show coming soon. Yes. So congratulations, Conan. You're the best. Uh, coming up next, she's the best, Elizabeth Reese, and then forced movie review. Stay there. Hey, ladies, want to go for a test drive? Um, I knew it, Don. Jason's buying us a car. So, do you mind if I ask for one with a moonroof and heated cup holders? Guys, I'm not going to buy you a car. We're going to test drive a new smile. Rude. No, goofball. Your smile is great. But look, if you don't like your smile for whatever reason, Dr. Amy at Hughes Dental can take you for a smile test drive. How does that work? Well, after someone does one of Dr. Amy's legendary virtual smile consults and they start to consider veneers, Dr. Amy can do a 30-minute appointment where she puts on a composite material that will show the patient what their actual new smile could look like. That's some Star Wars stuff right there. Well, that's why I call Dr. Amy the Yoda of dentistry. Contact Dr. Amy and ask her about virtual smile consults and the smile test drive at Hughes-Dental.com. Oh, and don't forget, Dr. Amy can be your regular dentist, too. Again, that's Hughes-Dental.com. And follow them on Instagram for the latest promotions. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. We are so glad you're here. Welcome back, everyone. My talkers, time to get caught up with the big entertainment stories of the day and the dirt alert. And for that, we turn to Elizabeth Reese. Good morning, Elizabeth. Well, good morning. It is Friday. Hope you all are gearing up for a fun summer weekend. Um, Britney Spears is talking some more. So she posted on Instagram. Um, I just want to tell you guys a little secret. I believe as people, we all want the fairy tale life. And by the way, I've posted... My life seems to look and be pretty amazing. I think that's what we all strive for. That was one of my mother's best traits, no matter how bleepy a day was when I was younger. For the sake of me and my siblings, she always pretended like everything was okay. She went on and said, I apologize for pretending like I've been okay the past two years. I did it because of my pride, and I was embarrassed to share what happened to me. But honestly, who doesn't want to capture their Instagram in a fun light? <laughs> right. Um, relatable. Yeah. yeah, yeah there totally is that. relatable. Yeah. She said, believe it or not, pretending that I'm okay has actually helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, I feel like Instagram has helped me have a cool outlet to share my presence, existence, existence, and to simply feel like I matter despite what I was going through. And hey, it worked. So I've decided to start reading more fairy tales. And in the photo, she posted a quote Thing. If you want your children to be intelligent, read them fairy tales. If you want them to be more intelligent, read them more fairy tales. Albert Einstein, a decidedly different tone. And even, um, mm-hmm. you know, still kind of the way that Brittany writes, which is like a lot of like space dot, 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 kind of run on uh-huh, sentences, yeah. but yep. much more like makes a lot more sense than yes. how she's been sounding the last two years on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. It's I, I just... 
Oh, I we were saying this earlier. I, I just hope the judge does the right thing. You know, I really do. I hope I, so, I, too. I know. I was talking about this with a couple of attorneys last night about oh. this. I mean, this is like what what's so interesting about it is they were like, yeah, it's Britney Spears, but it brings up such a fascinating issue. And one of my fancy attorney friends was saying that when you have a conservatorship, like once someone gets one over you, it is virtually impossible to get rid mm. of it. Yeah. Like yeah. it's so difficult to get That's out of so, it. And he mm. he was saying like he was making the argument that the laws really need to change because what happens is I mean yeah. generally Britney Spears is an example of this, but it's a lot of elderly people who will be preyed upon. Yep. Um and he's you know my attorney friend was basically saying like if you if you can manipulate an older person mm-hmm. who has a lot of money, yes. you can be set for life. Like yep. you're, you're the one then that's in control of all of it. If you can get a conservatorship over them, because it's so hard to get out of once you're in it. Yeah. And there's so many vulnerable people that think that people coming to them with that request are doing it with good intent. And some, and as we know now, not everyone has good intentions. And uh, it's family members a lot of times. Not even, seriously, that's the frightening part. You know, everyone's like expects, you know, somebody who's going to hurt them. I (laughs) hate to be so dark on a Friday, but like, you know, you you always expect it's going to be like the random (laughs) person out in the street, all dressed in black, who's like, I'm the burglar, right? The yeah. person who's most likely to steal from you or hurt you or abuse you is living in your own home, everyone. Right. Okay. Oh, for a lot of, wow, Elizabeth, thanks for bringing the party down, A lot, of, down, a lot of abuse. Isn't yeah. Dateline on on Friday nights? I thought it like, is. I was just yes. prepping you for that is Perfect. exactly what it's going to happen. <laughs> this is kind of an interesting couple. I don't, I read this headline and then I actually had to like go back and read it again. Renee Zellweger and Aunt oh. Anstead. Yeah. Are uh, dating yeah. as he finalizes his divorce <sighs> from Christina, who I can't, I, I can't really keep track of what she's up to. Where well, do you think they met? Do, do we know that? I don't know. And GTV party or something? Maybe. Well, it's, they, oh, they worked together. Bridget Jones convention. No, they, they worked together on, on a show, Celebrity IOU Joyride. Oh, it's a Discovery Plus series. Okay. So she appeared on the show um, earlier this month, and some great Aunt Anstead and Christina Hawk are have finalized. Or just finalized their divorce. They have a 21 month old, and you know she like up and bolted mm-hmm. from that relationship, which was really Quickly. interesting. Yeah, I can't really she, figure out what's going on. No, I I think there is a cup of nutter butter there. Yeah, which one? With Christina? Uh, <laughs> Christina. <laughs> yeah, Christina. I do. I uh, really do. I think there is a. I think there is a one third cup uh, nutter butter. Because mm. she that, was married to the guy that they had the HGTV yeah. show together. Yeah. Tarek. Musa. Tarek. yeah. And then, Musa. yeah. And then he, then she, they split and then she married this aunt guy and had a baby like fast and then just up and bolted. Remember mm-hmm. when Renee mm. Zellweger was married to Kenny Chesney? Yep. That's another yes. thing yeah. that I, I want to know more about what happened there. Yeah. I think there's a book. Um, my sister read it because she's in love with Kenny Chesney. She um, so she read Renee's book. And she just says she just has a lot of, um, you know, it's just a difficult time for her with relationships. She just really falls in love fast. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think I've been guilty of that as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I th- you know, and I think it quite simply could be there are just some people that are not good 
with relationships that are, are good not for good, each other. Oh, good, are right. good for each other. Are yeah. just it's not a judgment on either. It's just some people are not wired that way. I think they, you're totally right. And it's just mm-hmm. like the idea of having kids. I mean, I hope that we get to this point. I think we're getting to a point where people who say we aren't having like we just don't want to have kids where you can get that more. Mm-hmm. You know, that used to be just like, oh my gosh, then what are you even living for? What are you even on this <laughs> right. earth? I mean, yeah. criminy uh-huh. Pete. And yeah. that idea of like, I maybe I don't want to be in a relationship. Maybe that'll be the next yep. frontier. Yeah. yeah. Well, Could pe- be, they're, not. The rate's down. People are not having as many babies. Yep. Yeah. Good. Less babies, less kids on shows. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth Reese today on Twin Cities Live. Kenny, force movie reviews next. I've waited two hours and 32 minutes and 47 seconds to say welcome back. Jason and Alexis in the morning on this Friday, June 25th, 2021. I'm going to shut my mouth, roll this open, sit back, relax, and enjoy the view because it's time for forced movie. And I'm saying this really slowly because the open is locked. It's time for forced movie review. I can't believe you're making me do this. Why do we have to talk about that? You forced me to do this, 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 this. Kenny, this is the worst piece of crap that's ever been put on celluloid. Seriously. Uh, and I, I, I just looked up uh, Wikipedia. I just opened up the page to read about it. It was written by Josh Goldsmith, Kathy Yuspa, and directed by Gary Winnick. Um, I have no idea who those people are, but I certainly hope they're not working in film and writing anymore because this movie should have killed their career. Wow, what a piece of crap. And I, I, gotta, I have to preface this with, I will watch a Should you movie. tell what the movie is, Kenny? Uh, you, your, your vitriol is so front-loaded. I'm off, I, I'm off and running. I'm just off and running. 13, Go see going on, thir- 13 going on 30, starring not James Garner's daughter, Huh? And a woman, right. a woman I really, really love, Judy Greer. I've always been a huge yeah, fan of Judy she Greer. She's a yeah. really re- seriously talented actress and voice actor. Uh, did I just say actress? I'm sorry. Uh, anyway, <laughs> about in this film, like I was did she say, nail it? <laughs> I, w- I will watch a movie about teen angst. I, I can sit through them, and, and some of them are really good. Heather's. Great movie. Yes. Um, mean Girls, wonderful movie. There's some awful movie that Julia Stiles is in with a, a guy that's now passed away. Uh, and oh, she's a high school. Ten um, Things I Hate About I hate You. Hate About You, yeah. I, I, I didn't mind that movie. Uh, so I can watch these movies. But this is a premise that, and this premise where you either go back in time or you trade bodies with somebody or you go forward. This is a premise that never should have existed in Hollywood. It's been done over and over again, and it's the dumbest present, uh, premise I've ever seen. Um, and, and with this one, we've also seen this one before. A girl, a boy loves girl. Um, they're best friends. Girl doesn't recognize that the love of her life is right in front of her, right? Uh-huh. So. That's what this is. Um, the, it's a combo whoever play, Whoever plays the young uh, Jennifer Garner, 
uh, hates herself. She's 13. <laughs> She's awkward. You know how we are when we're 13. Oh, we hate so, ourselves. Yes. Yeah. We're awkward. Oh. We have zits and braces and all this, and nobody, the people we love don't notice us. Yeah. Um, so she's got no self-confidence, and she wants to be with the in crowd, the Heathers crowd, right? Yes. And the Heathers crowd, of course, what do they do? They make fun of her. They mock her. They use her. Um, and, and somehow, early on in the, in the, uh, in the movie, she, the awkward girl, the not, Jennifer, uh, not James Garner's daughter, throws a party at her house. Uh, all the Heathers show up, and her best friend, this Matthew dude, um, the young, uh, what's his name, the young uh, Mark Ruffalo. Uh, oh, yeah. And there, evidently there's some game you play in the teen, when you're a teenager, you go in a closet, you yeah. put on a blindfold, yeah. and some dude come out will gay. come in. Huh? <laughs> it's like five minutes in the closet. Or, like, yeah. That's all I needed. Like yeah. Seven minutes of heaven. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, it's something like that, yeah. So she goes in there not realizing. I mean, how do you not realize you're about to get played? How can you trust anybody as mean as these Heathers? Uh, anyway, she goes in there, puts the blindfold on. <laughs> Meanwhile, they grab all the food at the party, and they split, and they send in her best friend, who's this awkward kid, you know? Yeah. Um, she opens up her eyes, walks in, she freaks out, she starts crying, she kicks him out of the house. She sits down on the floor in the closet and starts repeating over and over again, I want to be 30, flirty, and thriving. And she does this over and over again, falls asleep. And what do you know, the Wait, next no. thing Kenny, you know, what does she say? I want to be 30, I want to be flirty, and thriving. 30, flirty, thriving. And at this point, I'm just like, oh my God, lightning, please, the end of the world anything just take me jesus call me home please right now anything to not watch this movie uh anyway um she wakes up as a, a 30 year old uh -huh. not james garner's daughter she wakes mm -hmm. up and of course this is where the hilarity is supposed to really kick into overdrive mm -hmm. things yeah. are really supposed to get funny because she wakes up and uh, and there's some naked dude in her apartment, doesn't know him. By the way, the, the, the guy that played the naked dude was a hockey player. And I think they hired this guy because they couldn't get Paul Rudd because he's doing a Paul Rudd impersonation. Anyway. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's really lame. Anyway, uh, I've got to refer to my notes. She tries to figure out what happens, how this happens, why she's big and whatnot, and somehow ends up at work. Uh, with Judy Greer wearing nothing but a negligee and a sport coat over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She knew where work was and everything. No, yep. yeah, no, no, she had no idea because uh, Judy Greer showed up in a limo, but she she evidently is a high-powered executive at a magazine, an editor or something like that. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, but it, it, and you can see they were really going for the funny, and every single scene fell flat. As a matter of fact, every scene is more painful than the last scene. There's never, ever a good scene in this movie. Uh, as a matter of fact, there's one. I'm looking at the clock here, and I realize I'm only on page two. Yeah, of but you have another break. Oh, yeah. oh, we, we're, oh we're good. We're oh, we're we good. We're good for like two minutes here. Yeah, yeah. you're fine. So at one point, not James Garner's da daughter and Judy Greer are in a bar, right? Not James yeah. Garner's daughter. Okay. And uh, uh, Judy Greer says to her, hey, that guy over there is checking you out. So uh, not James Garner's girl, uh, daughter looks over and goes, oh, yeah. Should I go talk to him? So she goes over and talks to him. And this is so clever. Walks right by the guy that's checking her out. 
to a 14, 13 year old kid at a table having dinner. And it's supposed to be hilarious and funny. And she starts, hey, you're cute. Uh, and it's just uh, in the dumbest mode. Creepy. You know what this movie did? You know why I hate it? It made me feel like a creeper for watching it. Yes. Nobody over it's the gross. age of 13 should watch this movie because it's just flat out <laughs> gross. Um, here's a note. I don't even know what it means. She's back in the apartment with the hockey player boyfriend. He's gross, creepy, weird, and dumb. Doing a Paul Rudd impersonation. Uh, at work, here's... Oh, okay. Hold that, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Because you, you just had an O, so whatever. Keep that revelation. Keep that revelatory moment to yourself right now. About 13 going on 30. If you just tuned in. This is forced movie review. <laughs> Kenny watches the Academy Award nominated 13 going on 30 with not James Garner's daughter, Jennifer Garner. That's right. <laughs> yep. Jennifer Garner. That's what her name is. Kenny for years thought Jennifer Garner was was the great uh, James Garner's not. daughter, but she's in I fact against her. She is not. <laughs> She's not related to Rockford Files at all. Uh, 841, when we come back, the shocking conclusion next. I can't believe you're making me do this. Why do we have to talk about that? Do I have to? Forced movie reviews. You forced me to do this, 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 this. Kenny is in the middle of reviewing uh, using his four pages of notes. The Jennifer Garner classic. Yeah. uh, 13 going on 30 for forced movie review. Uh Before we return to Kenny's final two pages. You've got mail. Mm -hmm. We're getting stern reaction from our my talkers on social media. Smiley Smitty writes to Kenny. OMG, Kenny, you're totally <laughs> overthinking it. Heartbroke emoji, heartbroke emoji, oh, heartbroke emoji. Uh-huh. Panda writes in, side note to Kenny's new favorite movie, <laughs> Brie Larson was also in it. Yeah, um, she was one of the mean girls, I think, right? That's right. Uh, another My Talker writes to us, Oh my God, Kenny, I love that movie so much. What is wrong with you? So oh, there we go, Kenny. Oh, always say uh, that to uh, me. Yeah. Don't worry, Kenny. They say that to me about all these romantic movies, Jason. <laughs> Uh, don't worry. Oh, yeah, There's we a all lot get those of, messages. Uh, yeah. There's a ton of stuff wrong with me. I thought that was obvious. Uh, so, <laughs> Did yeah. you like anything about this film? Kenny? No, not one thing. Uh, oh, oh, wait. Yes, 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 yes. There was five seconds that I really enjoyed. Oh, we'll get good. to that. Okay. And I'll try to get. I'll try to be quick here. You're uh, fine. When we, last we, when we last spoke, we were ending. <laughs> I've divided this movie into two halves. Okay. So we're ending the. Uh, we're approaching the end of the first half. Where she's at work, where amazingly she can just, not knowing what she did for a living at 30, can slide into this high-powered position as a magazine editor and go to work. And she hears who she thought was her best friend, Judy Greer, who is also one of the mean girls, uh, bad-mouthing her behind her back. She freaks out and she goes to find her childhood friend, Matthew, who's played by Mark Ruffalo, and she learns more and more that she's a really, really bad, bad person. She has turned into a mean girl uh, in her personal life and at work, and everybody hates her and (laughs) says bad things about her behind her back. She goes to her parents' house, whom she had lost contact with because she's awful, and reconnects, and then we go on to part two. The new, not James Garner's daughter, (laughs) NGJD, Um, decides that she's going to make amends and be a really, really good person. And this is where the movie gets really, really stupid. Okay, first of all, 
first this of all. This is worse than before. This is where, I mean, pages one and two didn't, uh, yeah, go ahead. She's she's with Ruffalo, and I wrote, I want you to know, I wrote this prior to what happened on the screen. I knew what was going to happen, so I wrote, I paused it, and I wrote it down. Oh, I wrote, they finally kiss, meaning her and Ruffalo, and then, mm-hmm. surprising plot twist, things go wrong. Guess what? That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Turns out Ruffalo, and this is the plot twist that really, I, I'll watch a rom-com movie. I'm not like Don. I don't mind him. What I hate about him is every single rom-com follows the same formula. Yes. Guy meets girl. They fall in love. Things go wrong. They hate each other. At the very end, they get back together. And that, mm-hmm. in a nutshell, is what happens in the second half of this movie. Uh, Ruffalo turns out, oh, he's uh, engaged to be married. His fine <laughs> fiance shows up. Uh, and then, uh, and sh- and then uh, not James Garner's daughter, <laughs> hires Ruffalo, because he's a photographer, to shoot... Uh, a piece for the magazine that they're going to rework. Blah, blah, blah. It's really dumb and boring. Uh, anyway, uh, Judy Greer, um, who she thought was her best friend, tells Ruffalo a lie. That cements the fact that they can't get together and something goes wrong. And here's the best part. Um, not James Garner's daughter is going to go to Mark Ruffalo's wedding okay. and see yep. him before he gets married, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She gets into a cab, and who's driving the cab? The O-Face guy from the movie Office Space. Have you seen The Office Yes. I'm going to be showing her my O-Face. Oh, oh, oh. Remember that, that knucklehead? Oh, yeah. yeah. That knucklehead <laughs> has a 10-second scene in this movie. Oh, and I God. smiled and laughed oh. and applauded. It was awesome. Uh, but oh. seriously, he was, yeah, he was only on for 10 seconds. Uh, yeah, and then uh, finally, um, let's see, yeah. Uh, not James Garner's daughter goes to Ruffalo's place to talk to him before his wedding. Something stupid happened, and all of a sudden, oh, mm. yes, all of a sudden, out of the blue, <laughs> uh, not James Garner's daughter is transferred and transformed back into a 13-year-old girl. Uh-huh. Time and up. she's in the yeah. closet the night of the party, and uh, the young Ruffalo comes in. She jumps up and kisses him. And everything is fine, and they run off together. And then all of a sudden, we flash back to her being 30, and she's happily married to Ruffalo and roll credits. And it's the dumbest darn movie I have ever seen in my life. And let me tell you, wow, I've seen ever. them all, baby. I have seen them all. Here's, seen here's my premise. Wow. Uh, 851. We got a little time left. He nailed it. We are good. Down. Stupid from start to finish. Ridiculous. Not funny. Not cute. Not interesting. Not a good pres- uh, premise. Awful writing. Bad acting. Bad casting. Was the worst idea for a movie ever. I don't know if you were very clear on that. I don't. <laughs> Did he like it? I, uh, if you like this movie, we, number one, we can't be friends. Number two, there's something seriously wrong with you if you like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Who are the who are the people in Hollywood that green lighted this? And I kept oh. thinking over and over and over again, yeah. you know, when you pitch a movie, you've got to make it a, a, a five, ten second pitch. What do you think the pitch was for this movie? Um, big, but with Jennifer Garner. Big, but with, yep. And remember, she was, this is alias time, so she was uber popular. How about all scenes? You guys have all seen this? Yes. At a couple points, just randomly, <laughs> not James Garner's daughter, is hanging out in her condo building with girls that are 13. 
and they're all over in her apartment and sitting on the bed and they're all uh, not James Garner's daughters acting like she's 13 again. What parents wouldn't freak out and press charges if you found your daughter was and a bunch of other girls were hanging around this weird chick in her apartment at night dancing to old Pat Benatar songs. Yeah. And these scenes are just in there at random. They, yes. To me, yeah. they serve no purpose in they the don't. plot whatsoever. No. It's just filler. It's I think it matters when you saw it, too. I was a teenage girl going, cool, this is great. Because you wanted oh. to be a, a woman, like when oh, you were thirteen. So this is your favorite movie. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I, maybe not. I wouldn't go that far, but I, I did enjoy it at the time because I think I was fourteen. I think I love it more now, listening to Kenny talk. Yeah, about it. now, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I just, uh, I've been watching Loki, so I'm, I'm concerned that this just interrupts the timeline. You know, yeah, the time lords are going to come and get you if you do something like this because every moment of her life affects other people. There's a yep. ripple yes. effect, yes. and then I mean. Yes. I mean, a president couldn't get elected because of it, or or no, well, that because might of be Jennifer good, Garner, because you know of not I mean? James Garner's dad, yes. mom, and I daughter. Can, I can suspend my disbelief. I can go along with something, but not this. This is <laughs> yeah. just oh my word, awful. Well, forced move. What a great season finale for forced movie <laughs> review. It's going to be put on ice for a little while. It'll return in August, September ish, where Kenny will wreak revenge on uh, the two people who have their name on the show. Uh oh. I don't know who those people are. Look at all my titles have been We've seen all of them now. Movies, right, so. Jace? We've seen them all. We've seen them so. all, yeah. And again, I was a co-star in Teeth. <laughs> I played the scared gay best friend. <laughs> you were the incisor. Oh, my God, the vagina has teeth? <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so far, um, and it, this could change over and over again, but so far I'm really leaning towards Bucky Larson. Oh, Lord. Yes. No, no. You shouldn't yeah. have told him. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Already saw it. We loved it. uh, I'm off for the next two weeks. Dawn is house sitting. Dawn, I want to apologize in advance for Mr. Big's farts. Oh. Having 47 remote controls, (laughs) our overly dark bedroom, and the neighbors who will talk to you even though all you want to do is take the boys out potty. So thank you. There's there's my advanced apologies for the next two weeks. No one talks to me. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) That's going to do it for us. Go out there and be yourself because nobody can tell you doing it wrong. And again, I'll see you in a couple weeks. I'll miss you guys. Oh, that's right. You be you. Jace, have a fantastic trip. Safe trip. We love you Thank all. You, sweetie. Hey, happy Friday. Have a great weekend. And we'll talk on Monday. Bye jingle bell, now. jingle bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one horse open sleigh. Bye.